for what they feel is right because honestly how can you even feel right playing for an organization a lot of their owners is Caucasian males 80% of the lead is African American males but yet within the real real life society they're constantly killing out you know, they, like how, how can Opulent Inventory, our proud partners here on the show. Now you can finally have the Apple product times the Apple guys. That's right, from AirPods to iPhones to MacBooks to Apple Watches to trade-ins and much more. Now you can have the Apple product of your dreams. Promo code podcast gets you 20% off. That's right, 20% off on any Apple item. Visit Opulent Inventory, Nash and Guardian. Those are great guys on all social media platforms, and on Instagram. Now, let's head back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, along with my your host, myself, and my ride partner from the DMV area, but in Jersey, mm-hmm. was good man Michael Gray as well. Nothing much, man. Peace and love, bro. All is well. How about you? How's everything? We're doing well here. We're doing well here as well. Uh, we would say we're doing good, but as in terms of humanity, we aren't, um, especially with everything that's going on right now with the Jacob Blake situation that happened in uh, mid-Wisconsin a couple of days ago. Um, Mike, your thoughts on your, on that? Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't, I, I, I didn't ever watch the video, Sebi, and I didn't want to watch the video because I don't, I don't want to normalize um, seeing our people continues to get killed by the police. I know it happens on a, a regular basis. And now that we live in a social media era where you have cameras that are able to record these situations, you know, it's, it's, it's even more imperative that I, I choose I chose not to watch it. I choose not to watch any more that come on social media because I don't want to, you know, to get desensitized and normalized seeing our people continues to get killed. And that's what I continuously see every time, every time you see a, um, a black person get killed or anything like that from the, from an unarmed black person from the police. These are, these are terrible situations that we continuously see. And, and they seem to be the same thing over and over again, uh, somebody minding their business or just doing their thing and, and whatever the case may be, I don't care if they didn't comply or anything. Nobody deserves to get shot seven times if this is what the police is supposed to be protecting and serve. It's a it's an unfortunate situation. Um, I'm, I don't I don't know the full details about you know what happened and why he got shot seven times in the back, but it's, it's unfortunate that you know he got paralyzed from the waist down and you know now all of a sudden he won't be able to walk the rest of his life and he was, he's still alive. Don't get me wrong. That's a that's the best thing about the whole situation, but. At the same time, you know, being a father to his kids, it's going to be a lot different. Life is life is changing and hitting him tremendously, and it's hitting a lot of our people tremendously because we all look at situations like this as and us. That that could have been any any one of us, any given situation, and no, you don't know what mood these cops are in at certain times. And it's a it's a system. I can't even call it a quicker system because it's a system that's been built like this from the jump. 
And until we change the entire system and with the way they view things and the way they view us, then none of this will ever change. No doubt. No doubt there for sure. Um, I came here today, Mike, and um, I, I want all of America to, to understand this. Most of America that listens to us knows that I'm a very nonchalant and very mellow guy. I don't really, you know, speak or articulate um, louder than I, I need to be. But um, we're going to change something today, Mike. We're going to talk about, obviously, Coach of the Year and, and Defensive Player of the Year that uh, Giannis got and stuff like that. But um, I, I thought that it was important that we start the show today um, with this topic. Jacob Blake. And, and first of all, how fitting that is, Mike. The Milwaukee Bucks, out of everybody, right? Milwaukee, the heart of Wisconsin, biggest uh, sports market in the uh, uh, Wisconsin area, and Ken- Kenosha, exactly where Jacob Blake was actually, you know, that gruesome stuff happened, is about 40 to 45 miles outside of Milwaukee. So that means you've got a lot of employees that migrate or that does that, uh, quote-unquote, uh, they do that journey for work out to the Milwaukee outskirts or in the suburbs out there. So how fitting that is that it was the Milwaukee Bucks who kind of started this, you know, historic and transcendent trend where basketball has postponed everything. The WNBA has postponed everything. Rod Manfred and the MLB has stopped everything. The NFL, we know that the kickoff is about a couple weeks away. Well, practice has been postponed for all seven teams that had practices that was supposed to be taking place today. You talk about, you know, even the, the younger stuff, the golf, the PGA has kind of uh, stopped their, their, um, uh, what was it? I, I think they're having a um, major um, tournament that's actually held outside of a, a Chicago today. Everything has been postponed, Mike, because of this. And you mentioned you haven't seen it, Mike. It's not something that I would, uh, want somebody to see it's heinous it is gruesome uh it's it, if you suffer with ptsd mike it can be traumatic for you this is something that you know what i'm saying that that hit hit home really hard and it had me thinking mike when we're just talking about it from a basketball or just a sports perspective now it's up to the owners now it's up to the owners mike because the Clippers and the Lakers, right, who do they look up to? They look up to Kawhi Leonard and they look up to LeBron James. If LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard, which there's been reports that they want to leave the bubble, if they're going to leave, they're, the teammates are going to leave because they look up to who? The leaders. The leader inside the Lakers locker room or organization is not Rob Palenka. It's not Jeannie Buss. And it's most definitely not Jason Kidd nor head coach Frank Vogel. It's LeBron James. And we look at it from the Clippers in, although Steve Ballmer may have something to say about that, and we all know the executive that Doc Rivers is, inside of that locker room, it's Kawhi Leonard and undoubtedly. And if they say that they're leaving, Mike, they're leaving the bubble. And there's been reports about that that both LA teams are talking about it. George Hill, who's been very outspoken for the Milwaukee Bucks, even said, why are we here playing? Why are we not there? 
know, knowing the impact that it has in the NBA. And this is where, Mike, I think owners need to take stand. And here's why. The Orlando Magics, who are they run by? The DeVos family, mm. right? Yep. Jerry Jones, worth in Forbes list. This man is worth more than a casino. It's time for him to stand up. If Dak doesn't show up, Zeke doesn't show up, Black African-Americans, Mike, are starting to see and tell owners, you need us more than we need you. Dan Marley, Mark Cuban, owners of multi-billionaire or near multi-millionaire investments and stuff like that. It's time for them to step up. My guy, my New England Patriots, Robert Kraft, right? Mm -hmm. Robert Kraft has the intel to what? He's always having lunch with President Donald Trump, always having lunches with who? Roger Goodell and others. It's time for you to use that power that you've got as owners and you use that to your advantage and create some form of reformation. And Mike, you got, you got to look at it like this. LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, uh, 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 in that locker room for the Bucks, I would say it's Giannis is the top dog, but George Hill has a, a pretty good stance as well. As athletes, they're looking at themselves and said, we sacrifice everything to come down here. Our families, our friends, our loved ones, our kids, right? For three and a half months just to be in a bubble. They asked themselves, Mike, this is why we have Nancy Pelosi in office. This is why we have Lindsey Graham in office, for them to be dealing with these stuff. Why as athletes do they have to be dealing with these stuff? You got to ask yourself that. And Mike, I think it's time that the owners start taking initiative. You talk about the Denver Nuggets. He owns how many aircrafts and how many private jets? We're talking wealth, wealth air, Mike. It's time for the owners to step up. Steve Ballmer, right? That money that you're using and you have the sponsorship of MSG, Madison Square Garden, to, to build that multi-billionaire new facility for the Clippers. Just right down the street from Figueroa Street down there in L.A. You've got ties to who? Former California governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and other politicians. It's time, Mike, that these owners start taking initiative because what's going to happen is if something like this again and, and and there's news that the restart of the playoffs are going to reoccur but if something like this again happens mike this is the last straw you can believe that if the bucks leave the lakers leave and the clippers leave there would be no need for a bubble hmm. adam silver will shut down the nba and that's just the nba because if this happens again, Mike, black athletes in particular, we're talking about the Tiger Woods, the LeBron James, and we're talking about the ones that have the utmost stardom and hierarchy here. They're going to say, you guys need us more than we need you. That's exactly what they're going to say, Mike. And how fitting that is to me, the proximity of where this happened in Kenosha, that the Milwaukee Bucks kind of started this historic trend mm -hmm. that transpired a few days ago. Absolutely. And, and when you look at it uh, from, from that perspective, you know, it's, um, when, when you talk, when you're talking about, 
the Milwaukee Bucks and what they did. You know, I commend them for 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 stepping up and stuff like that. My only question is, my my, my only thing is this. You know, when you say if this happens again, I I really think you need to take the if out of it because it's almost yeah. inevitable between now and October 13th when the bubble is supposed to be over that this is going to happen again because you have to look at it from this perspective too, Sebi. And since 2020 has started, it's only been 12 days where a cop hasn't killed somebody. There have been 735 deaths in 251 days. So this it's inevitable that it's going to happen again between this three-month span from now until October. My thing is this. You know, I love that, you know, the players are uh, boycotting and things. Oh, I love it, Mike. I do. They're using their platform, and I understand it. I feel like it would have been a powerful message if you never came to the bubble in the first place because you knew for four and a half, five months, you knew that there was not going to be a span where there were going to be no cops killing us. Cops are killing us left and right, and they've been doing it religiously. It's just now on camera now. So I understand your boycott, and I understand it. But then again, at the same time, I don't because you just resume. You resume in playoffs coming up within either tomorrow or this weekend or within the next few days. I want to know what the plan is that's being accomplished within these next few days that we're not playing basketball. I want to know what's going on, what changes, the, uh, what, what, that, what are the efforts that these guys are doing. And I know, I know in the bubble it's hard. It's hard for players to really um, get active, not only in Orlando, but get active during the season because you're constantly at practice. You're constantly at games. You're constantly studying film. You're trying to focus on winning a championship right now. This is playoff basketball going on. So it's, it's, not, it's very little to any time to really focus on social injustice. And I, we understand that part as well. And play, not only that, all these players are from, from all over the country and all over the world. They're stuck in this bubble. So how much change can they really make in a bubble? So it's, it's a lot of things coming up that, that I questioned and that I didn't understand about the situation. But, um, you know, I understand the players. Like you said, the players are waking up. And they understand that they have the power and they understand that, like, they're the product. They are the, the piece that makes this whole thing go. Every, everything goes. Nothing goes without the players. And we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what moves on from here. But I feel like it would have been a stronger message if we never played in the first place because you knew that it was inevitable that from a four-and-a-half to five-month span, you weren't just going to get any situation where it was going to be no cops killing us and it wasn't going to be a global outrage or shooting us in the back. You know, I'm glad Jacob Blake never died, but you knew that this was inevitable. It's going to happen. And I'm sure from now until October 13th, because of the system that's built in the po this police system that we're here, that we have here in America, I, you can, you can almost bet assured that it's going to happen again. And, and it's crazy, Mike, it's been over 400 years and you date back even before that. Um, we're just talking about the U S but this is yep. actually, you want to talk about a global pandemic that, that itself is a global issue in various foreign countries over 400 years here and you would think that something would give mike we've done it all we've we've done silent protests we've done vigilant protests we've eluded we've done it all mike what yeah. else what what else is next and it comes to me and says you know what like you can't say that it's not an education thing because i i think that a lot of us, we've had these open forums. We've had dialogue with, quote unquote, Caucasians, quote unquote, you know, people of lighter skin complexion. We've had education. So it's not an intellect thing. It's not that they don't know. Right. They like to use that card, Mike. And it's not like they don't know or they're not informed of what's going on. No, they know what they, they know exactly what's going on. Absolutely. 100 percent. They know exactly what's going on. It's It's just. 
when does it end? It, you have to ask yourself, when does it end? And I commend not only the Milwaukee Bucks that started this um, trend, but also um, all the other teams that followed in all other American sports here as well. But we're going to shift gears because when we come back, we'll get back to something that we're really good at, Mike, and not politics. <laughs> we're going to get back to talking sports. Our next featured guest, Sade Moore from the Los Angeles Clippers organization. Come back with us and enjoy the Sebi Podcast radio show live inside the studios of WNSC. We are back here inside the studios of WNSC, back from my long rant, <laughs> that last uh, segment there with Michael Gray. But my next guest is, should be a model for Sheen Magazine, but also a beat reporter for the Los Angeles Clippers, here to dissect with us all things Clippers, along with their first round matchup of the Dallas Mavericks. Shade Moore is with us today. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? We're doing good here as well. And yeah. obviously, you know, the last 48 hours, the narrative has been what? It's been Jacob Blake and it's been what's going on with the events that occurred in Kenosha a few days ago. What was your first thoughts and initial thoughts when you saw that gruesome video? Well, I didn't see the video, but I did hear the news about the gangs being postponed and the meeting with the Clippers and the Lakers. Decided it, it's been reports basically they decided that they don't even want to play anymore. But my first um initial response when I heard it is like I don't really blame them because it's like at the end of the day, enough is enough. How do you expect 80% of basically 80% of the leaders African American men? How do you expect for them to play without? basically without acknowledging what's going on. It's like this, it's so transparent. Everyone sees what's going on. And at this point, it's just like enough is enough. enough. Right, right. 100% there uh, for sure. Uh, being a correspondent that actually follows uh, both locker rooms, but in particular the Clippers, what have you been hearing um, with some of the players that you've covered and, and some of the stuff that's been going in and out of the locker rooms? Like, I've just been hearing that they have to stick together, that they basically, if they have to play, they will play, but everyone just want justice. Everyone want basically peace. Everyone just want equality, like equality. That's just what it's about right now. Like, it's great, yes, basketball, sports, it's entertainment, but at the end of the day, it's like real, like, that's real life too, but it's still like real life matters. That's even bigger than sports. Like it's it's bigger than just playing ball at this moment. What's going on? Right there for sure, Mike. Go ahead. Yes, uh, so they, do you do you do you feel like they should have never came back to the bubble in the first place? I do. I do feel that because when they initially came back, 
like I just didn't see what what sense it was because it's like we don't even have a vaccine. Hmm. So it's like on top of us not having a vaccine, all these shootings, all these killings, what's going on? It's just like it kind of some some what feel like it, it's they trying to make for it's like a little bit of a distraction of what's really going on. Right. And it's like at this point, that's not you just can't make something a distraction that's happening over and over and over. And it's like at this at this moment in time, it's just like enough is just enough. Like everyone is sick and tired of it. Right. Yeah, that's that's exactly, that's exactly how we feel as well. As far as we we sick and tired of it. We just my my only confusion about everything that was going on was you know the fact that you know somebody else had to get shot in the back for for this whole situation to to, to transpire and to jump off. You know, I feel like we didn't need to see Jacob Blake get shot in the back seven times to realize that we needed justice. So, in my opinion, I've always had the opinion from the jump that we, that we should that we should, that they should have never came to the bubble in the first place, and that this is how they truly feel. I think a powerful message could have been sent if they never would have started in the first place. But but we're here now, and I I feel like since we've already started basketball, let's continue to use that platform and keep it going because we've already started, and the players they've already made the sacrifice to come down to Orlando. That's that that that's that's the take I have from it. Yeah, 100 percent. Exactly. And there's been thoughts about, you know, and they've had discussions about, you know, postponing or actually canceling the playoffs. But let's be realistic. You can't just stop the ending <laughs> of the first round. Come on, man. You, know, you, you can't you can't stop that a second round like it would be, quote unquote, incomplete. Right. You've got Denver and Utah. Game six is a pivotal game six. You just can't stop the entire playoffs just because it's something like this. But I, but I do understand the other side of the spectrum. Like if you want to make an actual statement and you want to send a message to the league and, you know, pretty much all sports overall, I, I do understand the notion, like if they want to leave the bubble as well too. Yeah. Like I just feel a lot of players just, it's, it's very emotional right now and it's very personal. And they just looking at it like they're not looking at it from the stance of we just stopping for the first half of the playoffs. They're looking at it more. It's like this the issue that's and basically the issue that's in our face is bigger than playing ball. Hmm. And they just basically want to stop to literally to just stand up for what they feel is right. Just honestly, how can you even feel right playing? For an organization, a lot of their owners is Caucasian males. Eighty percent of the lead is African American males. But yet, within the real real life society, they're constantly killing out me out there. Like, how how can you expect? I just look at it. How can you expect for someone to be mentally just locked in playing ball when it's so much going on? Right, right, definitely there. Great stuff for us to have a lot of dialogue and forums to continue educating the general public uh, for that. So let's, you know, push this aside and talk to uh, something that you have the utmost expertise in with the Clippers. Um, talk to me about this series, because initially I had the Clippers winning in five games, uh, but I underestimated the, the the talent of Luka Doncic and how really good he is. Um, I, I want you to first talk to me about that and what you've seen so far and also um, PG not stepping up outside of just game five. Well, I feel that starting off was a little bit rough because everyone, they've been out just for almost like four to five months. It was a little bit rough. As a team, they had to reconnect, rebuild their chemistry. 
in their la- in their last game. We have seen some improvements. But overall, like how they came back playing, it just wasn't it really wasn't planned to literally win. It wasn't really planned to win the basically the championship or going even to the second round for playoffs. So I just feel it just been a long like a long progression for the team and as a whole to just build back their team chemistry and just get just locked in on the main part. Right, right, definitely. Go ahead. Uh, Shadi Moore is with us from the Los Angeles Clippers. Mike, go ahead. Yes, yeah. Um, talk to me about what you about you know Paul George because I we know Paul George. He's he's one of the he's a top ten player in this league in my opinion. You you just can't name ten better ten players better than Paul George or what he brings to the table on both sides of the ball. He was having a he was having a slump those first. He was going through a, a mini slump those. Uh, I don't want to say the first game. I want to say the games two through four. And he talked about after game five the 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 mental hurdle that he was in. You know, being confined in this bubble and going through some anxiety and depression and things like that. And you know, so it's a lot of times when players go have have bad stretches and. Uh, big time players have bad stretches in games and things of that nature where, you know, inst- uh, instead of understanding where they're coming from or picking their brain or wondering what's on their mind, we continuously bash them and just criticize them and say, oh, this, that, and the third. He's not this. He's not that. He needs to get it together. But talk to me about, you know, the 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 mental aspect of these players and, and what they go through it that's like in their mind that can translate to them, you know, not playing well on the court because that's what we saw with Paul George. Like, I just feel when you don't want on the court, you don't want playing. It's like, yes, there's all these re- reporters and stuff in the media. They say with, like, all these different comments and stuff, but no one truly knows. Besides, so basically, no one truly knows knows what, like, it's basically pressure for the ones who actually plan. It's, it's just pressure all around, not only to do your best, to even stay on the team, but you also have to basically also do well, basically for your team to actually win. Like it's a collaborative thing. So no one don't want to be on a team lacking. No one don't want to be on the team not really scoring or really just putting up points. So it's pressure to stay on the team. It's pressure as your own as your own player, basically as your own individual self as a player. It's pressure. It's just pressure all around it on top of the added pressure that you the one basically have to make these plays. You have to make basically make the, the word for it. You have to basically make other what uh, basically what other people's expecting from you, they looking at you to deliver their expectations mm-hmm. they have. Basically. So that so that's 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 pressure and just like Paul George, he recently came out to the press and he talked a little bit about the anxiety and the depression that he was dealing with. It's right. like at the end of the day, yes, these are these are um, NBA players. You do expect for them to do their best on the court, but at the same time, they're human still. They just exactly. like any of us. They go through anxiety. They go through depression. They go through everyday things that everyday people basically go through. So I don't feel that people should look at them like they're just some superheroes because they are not. They're humans just like us. Right, exactly. Talk, talk to me about this Clippers team because what we, the game we the, the the game we saw from them in Game Five was the Clippers team that most of us 
uh, imagine seeing once they return to the bubble. Is this one of those teams that you see when they when they're clicking and they're all the way locked in and they're motivated? Um, is this one of those teams that you feel when they turn when they turn uh, can can like turn the on and off switch? Like say for example, like you know we saw them in Game Four, they 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 took their foot off the gas pedal, but in Game Five they were all the way locked in. Is this one of those teams that that can turn it on and off? I do feel that they can turn it on and off. I do. Also, I also feel that this team, like it's a it's a very emotional team, meaning mm-hmm. like when the, when the vibe isn't right. The performance now, right? So this team is gonna definitely take a lot of communication. They've been out just about five months, so it's gonna take. Of course, they come together with the team chemistry that players fought, and just having a puzzle, just being basically locked in without distractions, because it's a lot of distractions with headlines and all that stuff that's been going on. But it's just about basically teamwork coming together, building chem- chemistry, and also having good communication. But, yes, I do feel this team is a team that can turn it on and off. They've proven that in the in their last game against the Magic. As yeah. far as their performance in their previous games, like what I've seen out those games, something about the chemistry was off. They wasn't really communicating how they should have been communicating as a team. So for this team, it's I would say it's about communication, the chemistry, just being locked in. Right. I would agree there. You know, uh, with everything that's going on, like we we see the athletes, and it's it's not just NBA. All of the stars in every sport, we they people think that they just put a cape on and they're not humans. <laughs> they're just Superman, and they could withstand anything. It's you suffer with anxiety, suffering with depression. That's that's something pretty traumatic. That. Even some of these athletes go to guidance counselors or therapists for. So, you know, it, it's it's it, it's something that's that's like it's really huge. But I, I want you to actually talk to me about Luka, Luka Doncic for the Mavericks. Um, this is a guy that I feel like can be the all-time great, like one of the all-time greats when it's all said and done. I kind of underestimated his talent coming into the series. I thought the Clippers, because of their defense, had you know, a lot of people that they can throw at him to kind of throw him off a bit, but he's exceeded all my expectations. So what's your thoughts about Luka Doncic? I think he has great potential. He one of those players, like he making history plays now, but he one of those players, basically he's not going to stop what he's doing. So the Clippers definitely have to keep an eye out basically um, on him. But I think he's a great player. He basically really showing his talent. You really see what he's about in this playoff. And honestly, he surprised me too because before I really didn't hear much about him. But I see I've seen some of his plays and it's very impressive. Because like you said, you would think the Clippers would would have had it a little bit more um under control by them having literally the players that they do have. But he he basically a he a surprise. He a he was a surprise this playoff. Right, mm. definitely for sure. Like he's he's definitely exceeded my expectations. But um I, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. Doc Rivers, um, as the great defensive coach he is, I asked myself in the first four games, they did that in game five, but the first four games, they didn't put PG and Kawhi on him earlier or or late. Um, they decided to do that a little bit in game four, but it was too late because he already had gone cooking. But, 
you know, you've got two of the best, I think, the two best two-way players in the game, and they pride themselves on defense. Why didn't they put Kawhi or PG on him early or later on in the fourth quarter? I understand you don't want to burn him out, but, you know, this is the reason why you paid max dollars for them to come to the Clippers. So you could put them on your opponent's best players. So what do you make of that, that it took them so long to make that adjustment? I feel that it was a surprise to them as well. They probably didn't even expect this kind of performance <laughs> from this young right. player because he's very, he's very young. Right. So it just was a surprise. And then when they see, then when they saw that, wow, this 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 player he really can play. That's when I guess they had a meeting or something like that, and they just decided the best thing to do to do to get things under control because at some point it was looking like. The Dallas just was going to take it, so I guess they just decided to get things under control to put Paul George and Kawhi together to try to see if that was the solution to help what was going on. Because he basically was just like he was unstoppable. His perform his performance was amazing. It, it just was very impressive. Right. What is the one thing that stands out to you that you you seen him do? Like what excites to me is I knew he could pass the ball. Um, I, I knew that, you know, he's been playing against grown men since a little kid. But um, what's the one thing about his game that's impressed you the most? It's his consistency because usually a player will have a hot night and then it will fall off. With him, it's his consistency. He basically showing that he's a player to stay. Right, right, right. Mike, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that as well. It's like I, these are his first four or five playoff games, and I know these are unprecedented territories as far as, you know, not having fans and not being in your normal arenas, traveling and things of that nature. But for him to handle his first first five games, I think he's handled it pretty – he's handled it very well. But I want to I talk about Kawhi Leonard and what he's meant to the Clippers and what he's brought to this organization. I know he wanted to come home, and he brought, he brought Paul George with him. But what he's done, what he's done with this thing, what he's done in the playoffs so far, what he's done carrying this team, uh, like what? What is the buzz for, uh, from LA about Kawhi Leonard and what he's doing this year, and especially if he brings a championship to this team going into next season, moving into a new state? Is this is this starting to? Are you starting to see the paradigm shift between you know the the Lakers and the Clippers? This LA, <laughs> I I I do I still feel that there's still LA plays basically the Los Angeles Lakers especially with Kobe mm. Bryant. So I I just feel L.A. will always be a Laker place. But with Kawhi Leonard, he bring, he bring hope to the L.A. Clippers. Mm. With L.A. Clippers, I feel that it gives all the other players confidence that they actually got a chance to win a championship. Kawhi, he never disappoints. He usually be the player with the most points or the most points. So he never failed his team. He's a hard worker, and I just feel he brings hope to the LA Clippers in their in the playoffs. Got you, got you. Yeah, yeah. This Clippers, this Clippers team is special. Do you do you see do you see this Clippers team? We know they have the potential to to go all the way, but do you see them hosting a, a championship this season? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I would say if they want, if they if they if they work hard enough, come together, 
anything is possible, but how they've been playing so far in this first half of playoffs, unfortunately, I don't see them winning a championship this season because it kind of looks as though somewhere in between team chemistry is a little bit lacking. They need to work together a little bit more as a team, communicate more. Because the question you asked earlier, why they didn't put Kawhi and Paul George, why they didn't pair them too earlier, maybe it was the lack of communication. This team has to get more basically intact with the communication and the chemistry in order for them. If they want if they want to win a championship this year, they definitely have to work on the, on those two things. Because otherwise, honestly speaking, I don't see them winning a championship with the performance they're doing so far. Because at the end of the day, Kawhi, he can't do it by himself. Sometimes it would, it would be a right. Kawhi. Because at right. one of the games, it was Kawhi, Leonard, and Lou Williams. Right. It's like that's just players. We have too many other big big guys on the team that also need to contribute. Like, they have to come together as a team in order for them to win the championship. Yeah, I would agree with that, too, because most people don't know when healthy, these guys, we're talking everybody in the lineup, like along with Patrick Beverly, they've only played 13 games, I think. Um, and that's including the regular season. And, right. and they came into the playoffs. And so I still think there's they're, they're still trying to mesh and find chemistry right there, too, because, you know, when they get in certain situations in a series like this, they don't they, they don't have to wait all the way till mid-series to make adjustments like that. So I do think it is some sort of like lack of chemistry and lack of playing time between those two guys too um, as well. And and you're right, you know, as great as Kawhi is, there's going to be a game or two where he gets cold and others need to step up like Lou Williams, like, you know, Reggie Jackson, he's been stepping up, um, you know, Shamit from three point arc. So um, you're definitely right about that. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely see that too. What, what do you, what, hey, so they, what, what did you think about, that whole uh, the backlash that Marcus Morris got for uh, stepping on Luka Doncic's <laughs> foot in Game Five, you know, it, people say it was intentional. Of course, he comes out and he he, he defends his credibility. What, what was your perspective when you when you saw it? I don't think it was intentional. I just feel everyone just was caught up in playing, and sometimes accidents just happen on the court. It's very you just can't predict what's going to happen. That just was something that happened, but I don't think it was intentional. Because no one just go out there with intention to go, oh, I'm going to hurt this player. That's that's just not that's just not a true competitor. So right. I don't think it was intentional. I just think it was something just that happened. That just was an accident. That because everyone just were caught up playing, 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 and just was an accident that happened. But exactly. honestly, when, so, when, I, when I when I read some of the <laughs> Some of the headlines said it was intentional. I just laughed at that because it was so funny. <laughs> like, I don't feel no player would just go out there intentionally would try to hurt another player. That's not <laughs> – well, I, I, that's just I, I, not too competitor. I can't even lie. <laughs> you know, knowing Marcus Morris, he used to play for the Celtics. Uh, he, he has that reputation where to kind of get pe- under people's skin and basically, you know what I'm saying, like kind of mess with them psychologically to mess up their game. So – I don't know. Uh, it's it's debatable. That's debatable. But that, that, that's also a separate conversation, too, when you talk about messing with the psyche and, you know, trying to get under somebody's skin compared to intentionally trying to yeah. take somebody out or hurt them. You know what I mean? Right. Because you're right. Marcus Morris, that's, that's the, he's the edgy guy. He's going to push the needle. He's going to test you and try to take your mind out the game. But, 
Yeah, he, he's a I've top seen. player, but like you said, that's one thing to get in someone's head than to actually physically do harm to him. I don't think it was. Right. It was. It, it wasn't intentional. Right. I, I don't. I just don't think. Right, right, right. Last year, before we get to segment two here with you, uh, real quick, um, Doc Rivers, especially with the times that we're going on right now, uh, we know how great of a coach he is, but also a leader in men. Um, he's actually publicly spoken out about the times that we're dealing with um, and shared his thoughts as a black African-American and, and, and what he had to endure it and experience along with um, LeBron James. Uh, share it to us about that and knowing Doc himself. Uh, what did you think about those comments? I think he just was speaking in terms of basically you guys like to see us play. You guys like to use us for your entertainment, but we basically we love we love the game. We love we love the place we from, but you guys don't you don't love us back. It's just speaking on how usually everything all good when money is made. Everything is all good when it's possibilities of championships. Everything is all good. Basically, it's just everything just all good when it looks like it's just in faith in favor of them versus when it comes to Black Lives Matter, when it comes to justice, when it comes to police brutality, it just gets silent. But yet it's not getting silent silent when you guys want us to return to be your entertainment. So I just feel Doc Rivers were kinda he didn't say say that directly, but that was that that was my interpretation of what he was saying. Basically, we we love the game, we want to play, but at the same time, it's like when it's time for you to speak up as an owner or someone in a higher position within the arena of sports. It's like speak up on speak up on things that matters. Not only when it matters to you, speak up when it matters to us too. Because at the end of the day, the images that's being shown on television, the faces that's constantly being portrayed on television, who's getting shot, who's getting killed, who's losing a dad, who's losing an uncle, who's losing a son, is black men. And I just don't see the logic. Majority of the owners is white males. Majority majority of the lead, it's basically it's an 80% African-American lead. So you got all these players playing for you, but yet their image is constantly being shown in the media. They're getting shot. They're getting killed. But, it's, but you, none of you none of you can speak up. Right. So as a player, we just only can imagine just being a Black man in America, even witnessing that over and over and over, we just only as a woman speaking, I just only could imagine how that feels. Basically, that it, it, it will make you feel like, you know what, I don't want to play. Because you just sick and tired of it. you basically sick and tired of it. Right. I would agree there uh, with you as well. It's it's enough is enough. Um, and I think I, I, I've appreciated that, the fact that these NBA players have done that, particularly the Clippers and the Lakers. Um, and, and, and I think it's the owners have some work to do themselves. Uh, with that so um we'll see how everything uh comes upon uh once that times arrives but we're gonna take a quick break here we're gonna come back we're gonna do a nice little activity with you we like to do this with a lot of our guests to kind of get into the interpersonal side of themselves so when we come back we'll go ahead and do that
in that last ep- episode and last segment, we talked about um, kind of doing a nice little game here. It's something that we really like to do with, with our guests to kind of know the personal side of them. So the model that you are, I don't know, I always think you're a model because everything that <laughs> you be portraying on <laughs> social media and stuff like that, I think deep down you kind of think you're a model too. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this game is really easy. Um, it's just going to pick out of the two. You're going to say this or you're going to say that. Um, I'm just going to give you two options and then you'll pick. So um, I'm going to give you something really easy that you're, you know, you kind of know. So are you going to go Queen B as in Beyonce or we're going to go with Renee and Rihanna? I'll go with Queen B. Ooh, why? Mm. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Why? Because why not the queen? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. 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 So, all right. So, I- I'm going to give you something a little bit more, um, you know, back in the days. All right. So, um, we're talking R&B. So, are we going to go R. Kelly? Pre-R. Kelly without all the, you know, foolishness. But are we going to go R. Kelly or Usher? Mm. Um, tough one, huh? It's not really tough because <laughs> my first pick, my first pick would be R. Kelly because he's very talented musically. But <laughs> due to everything that's been going on, it's like yeah, I I, I will pick Usher. Okay. Do Do you think the allegations are true, or do, or do you think that he, you know, people are just you know, pension move. They're trying to get some money. What do you think? Like, I do I do feel half of it is fabricated, but I do feel half of it is true. Okay. Okay. All right. You can go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Um. What's, what's your style? What, what, would, what would be, like, are you, uh, your style as far as, you know, shows are concerned? Are you a comedy person, a drama person, or an action person? Where, where, where are you at as far as your favorite shows are concerned? I like comedy. Mm-hmm. What's 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 the what's the last comedy special or, or the the last funny comedy you've seen? <laughs> well, I recently seen um Cat Williams. He was performing somewhere. I forgot the place name, but it was some special he had on Netflix. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, Cat Williams. Yeah, you can never go wrong with him. Dave Chappelle, all those cats and yeah. stuff like that. Here's a good one. Since we're talking comedy here, here's a good one: Marlon Wayans or Kevin Hart. Mm. Marlon Wayne. Oh, I respect it. I respect it. I thought really? she was going Kevin. Really? Going Kevin. Wow, wow. Marlon Wayne's over Kevin. That's the better. Why you guys think Marlon? Like, I don't... I just feel Marlon, he has more technique. With Kevin Hart, I just don't... Like, some of his stuff is funny, but I just don't see the consistency mm-hmm. with him. Okay. Versus with Marlon Wayne's, you can watch just about... On hand, you can watch five of his projects and you will be laughing. With Kevin Hart, it will be like three out of, out of five. Do you think Kevin Hart is more funny in his movies or his stand-up? I think he's more funny in his movies. Okay. Really, really. Yeah, I think so, too. That's how I feel about Tyler Perry, too. I feel like, you know, he's he's funny in his movies than actual, you know, stand-up and stuff like that, but... That's actually uh, really interesting. Um, let's take it to the court. Let's take it to the court now. Um, wh- who do you like better? Um, it's it's gonna be a little bit interesting here. Giannis, <laughs> Giannis Antetokounmpo, 
or Zion Williamson out of the two? I like Zion is better. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that he approached a game from a more personable approach. It's nothing about him. I just feel like with with Zion, he still has room to grow. Both of them have room to grow, but something about Zion, he's still like in development. Right. Mm. I, I think Zion is box office too, like the superstar. Like, you know, he still got the flair and all that. People want to see him dunk, so they want to see the kid do well. So I like that pick. Go ahead, Mike. What? Who are your top, since we're switching to basketball, who are your top five players to watch? Like in the league now. Yeah, in the league now that you or or on as a matter of fact, no, I will take that back. Who are who are the top five players that you like to watch all time? That you that you just your favorite players to watch? Of course, Kobe Bryant. <laughs> um Kevin Durant. Okay. Okay. Um Steph Curry. Okay. Mm-hmm. And two more. Michael Jordan. Okay. Okay. <laughs> With him, I just like to watch him because he makes me laugh. But Damian Green. Draymond Green. Draymond Green? Yeah. Uh. yeah. Oh, I wasn't expecting that one. I, I wasn't like... expecting that. I was like, wait, <laughs> she's going for all the killers. She's going yeah. for all the killers. But wait, Draymond Green. Yeah, yeah. Why why he make you laugh on the court? Because it's like he like he basically it just seems like he trying to scare the other players. He's just very entertaining to watch. <laughs> she basically trying to say if she was on the court, she'd be a trash talker too, trying to intimidate people. That's what she's she gonna be doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um I, I know you you have your, your your twin as well, Renee. Um, out of the two of you guys. Uh so out of the two, you know, we want her to be feel any type of way, but who do you think is the smarter one out of the two, you guys? I would say everyone has a on screen <laughs> and different things. Right. So I wouldn't say, I, I just wouldn't really answer that, but everyone just have their weakness and screen in different areas. Like, it's not even so much who the smallest, who this, who that. Mm-hmm. We all just have our screens and weaknesses and everything. Gotcha, gotcha. Great, great response. Great response. Great response. Um, out of the two you guys, who who has the better style? Like as in terms of like, you know, drip or um dressing up and stuff like that. Our style kind of similar, but personally I feel I'm not afraid to take risks with my fashion. Mm-hmm. Like I like I'm just, I'm just I'm just more open to taking risks with my fashion. Basically, I'm not afraid to try something different or try something new. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So oh. I'm a little bit more creative when it comes to that. I respect that. I respect that. Okay. As as far as as far as fashion is concerned, who are you taking uh, between these two players in the NBA as far as fashion? Russell Westbrook or D'Angelo Russell? That's a good one. That's a good one. I like uh, Russell. I like his style better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I think Russell. Like, it was very. Yeah. It's like very clean cut, still fashionable. 
mm-hmm. like something about his style just it just stands stands out a little bit more to me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he he he's got he's got some creative stuff too. He, oh yeah, yeah, he be coming out with some some creative stuff. I I respect that uh, there for sure. But before we leave, um, tell everybody uh, where they can find you, uh, Shade, and um, they could reach out to you. You guys can find me on Facebook at Shade More News, also on my Instagram official Shade underscore. Okay, awesome, awesome. As that as well, and you do some really good stuff for Sheen Magazine there as well. But if you guys want to stay connected with uh, Sade, we'll leave the, her um, stuff to reach out to her in the description box uh, there b- below. But it's been a pleasure to have you on, and definitely letting us know what's the inside scoop for the Clippers organization. We really appreciate that. Thank you, and nice meeting you. Uh, well, nice meeting you, Michael, and nice speaking with you again. It's- no, no, no doubt. It was a pleasure to have you on. It was nice meeting you guys. When we come back, Mike and I wrap things up. And we are back here for our last and final segment here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Opulent Inventory, my great partners and my great, 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 great uh, supporters out there. All things Apple that you need, Opulent Inventory, 20% off promo code podcast gets you the item that you need and want. Visit Opulent Inventory in all streaming uh, platforms for your Apple need. And Mike, the spirit and the gift of the guests just continue keep on giving. No, they definitely do, man. We just had another great guest on the show. You know, shout out to her and everything, to everything that she's doing and has going on. You know, um, it's just it's just dope connecting and linking up with other great sports reporters and sports broadcasters. And uh, this was yet one, another one of those. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, it was there for sure. Uh, we kind of wanted to start off with talking about what is actually going on in the NBA outside of these distractions um, going on in this world. But uh, let's try to go ahead and, and, and focus on back what's going on in, in news in the NBA. We've got actually uh, Nick Nurse, Coach of the Year. So yeah. uh, props to that. I believe the, the, they, the coaches got that right. John Jenkins of the Memphis Grizzlies should have been a higher recognition for what he's done with the Grizzlies. But without Kawhi Leonard, arguably a top three player in the world, what the Raptors have done to keep afloat of the Eastern Conference has been very impressive as well. But also Giannis winning Defensive Player of the Year. Most yep. thought that that would probably go to Rudy Gobert or Anthony Davis, who actually finished second in voting right there to round out the top five. Ben Adebayo finished fifth, and Marcus Smart ended sixth on mm. that list uh, there okay. too. The heart and beat of my beloved Boston Celtics uh, there for sure, Mike. But uh, Giannis winning uh, Defensive Player of the Year, that's his first. If he can complete the double, winning MVP, he'd join Hakeem Olajuwon and MJ as the three players in league history to do so. Your yep. thoughts on that? Yeah, Giannis, is, uh, he's had a special season. He's had a, a special last couple of regular seasons. And that, that, that's what these, these, uh, these awards are predicated on. And Giannis, what he's done, what he does, we know how dominant he can be on the offensive side of the ball. But anchoring that defensive that defensive uh, backcourt and, and 
anchoring anchoring the boards, anchoring uh, the middle of the paint. It's, it's something that he's religiously done and used his length and used his size to his advantage. And, you know, we, we've seen it on a consistent basis. Giannis deserves this NBA Defensive Player of the Year award. Uh, Anthony Davis was a close second. I, what he's done for the Lakers defensively is absolutely tremendous compared to what they looked like last year and, and right. previous years before that. Right. Anthony Davis definitely deserves to be in the conversation for a Defensive Player of the Year. And I know he was a close second. And I know it was a tough call for them. But that I, I'm, they, Giannis, Giannis just had the slight nod over him this year. And, uh, and 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 but he just he definitely deserves it for sure. Yeah, he definitely deserves that for sure. It's been the man for Mike Budenholzer's defense. Um, and, and a guy like that, you can, when you have a guy like that, Mike, that that has that frame where they can switch legitimately guard <laughs> one through five. Exactly. I mean, can you think about the defensive schemes that Budenholzer has at at his disposal to, to mm-hmm. do? You have a guy that can basically run the Troy Palomalu and, and and Ed Reed. A road. He could put him in free safety down in the paint. You could put him at the elbow and be able to do a lot of exotic zones and and stuff. So, what a talent to have as a defensive scheme. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is so. <clears throat> um, uh, kudos to him, and we'll see if he can continue uh, that double there as well. In uh, other news here, um, Mike D'Antoni, a hot commodity and a hot name, Mike for the Indiana Pacers. Now, I'll tell you this. I'm a big fan of Dave McMillan, and a lot of teams should be looking at this man as a viable option for a head coaching vacancy. I'm not sure what the Indiana Pacers are doing. They offered him a one-year extension, and then after that just dumped him because his team was undermanned and they got swept. I'm a little bit baffled at that. But nevertheless, can't be perplexed on that. Dan Tony, Mike D'Antoni, may be a hot option for the Indiana Pacers. They, the Rockets haven't picked up his last year of his deal. So, Mike, can we see Dan Tony taking a trip to Indianapolis? It's, it's, it's tricky because I, I don't know if they have the personnel right now to fit his his style of play, his system. I mean, you know, he, you know, he lo- you know what he loves. He loves his guys to shoot. He wants right. his guys to shoot three, shoot that and third. And what have the Indiana Pacers been lacking as far as, you know, as far as concerned over the last few years? Shooting the basketball. They're not really a three-point sniper team. This system that the Houston Rockets run with James Harden and things of that nature, uh, it, it, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel like right now that system would work in Indiana based on the players that they have right now. He would have to change up some things a bit based on the – the um based on the players that are in Indiana right now in order to really truly be successful and find out what makes those guys tick. Uh, uh Mike D'Antoni is a is a is a good coach. I'm not gonna say he's a great coach. He's a he's a he's a good coach. But um at the same time he's not that transcending guy in Indiana that would bring that same style. He would have to bring a whole different style to Indiana based on those players. And like you said, I I, I agree one thousand percent. I don't know what Indiana was doing with letting go of Dave McMullen. He's a great coach and the last two years he's been uh hampered with injuries to some of his best some of his key players. Last year was Victor Oladipo. This year is um the Domitas Sabonis. And those were two key major hiccups to that to that team. And you know, you, you just you just see this this team is is a is a was a well oiled machine and a a, a, had a certain camaraderie and they galvanized around him and they really fought hard for him. They just ran into a juggernaut uh, with the Miami Heat. You know, I, I don't, I don't blame him for that. I feel like healthy, they, they really had a chance to win that series potentially. So I, I don't agree with the, you know, David Miller getting fired. But at the same time, it happened. Can't cry over spoiled milk. We got to move on. And Mike D'Antoni, if he was to come to Indiana, he would have to switch up some things based on the uh, personnel in Indiana. Right, I agree there as well. I, I and the Houston Rockets, they've invested a lot for him oh, yeah. to 
they've given them the keys to that organization on the floor. Like you get James Harden uh, to play that Steve Nash role for you, way better talent than than Steve Nash, no doubt. Um, but and, and then the personnel to have around them and ha- the commitment to going and playing that small ball, I think they would be losing a lot if he did get re-signed to a long-term deal. So I do intend that he will uh, be back uh, for the Houston Rockets next year for sure. But if you are the Chicago Bulls or if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves or, you know what I'm saying, if you're the Cleveland Cavaliers or even the Washington Wizards or or for that fact of the matter, you want an up-and-rising guy that wants to – change the culture of your team dave mcmillan and i've said that kenny atkinson too is a viable guy for this option too dave mcmillan should be a top of your priority list because what he's done in a small market out there in indiana you know we think indiana basketball you think of hoosiers you don't think of the indiana pacers outside of the the days of reggie miller but you know if you're any of those franchises you need to take a very good look and have a viable option because Dave McMillan is your guy. The Chicago Bucks haven't had any structure for a while. Your Washington Wizards, Mike, I know you would love Dave McMillan as a catalyst for that team. And even for the Timberwolves, we hear noise that they're, they're, they're pushing. They're pushing for to try to flip that top pick, maybe get Devin Booker to play with his friends. If you can get Dave McMillan there, I mean, you might have something. So I think those are some things to look out there too, Mike. There, there are definitely some things to look out. And when you think about Dave McMillan in Washington, I would love that. Obviously, Scott Brooks, you know, I don't want to give him uh, all the, the 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 blame for our struggles, recent, our recent struggles the last couple of years. But Scott Brooks is actually a very good coach. Yes. You know, it, it, it looks it looks, it looks looks bad because we're without John Wall and we've been without some key pieces and Bradley Bill is, you know, on his own on the island out there doing his thing. But at the same time, you know, uh, personnel matters. And at the same time, we haven't had the personnel on the court in order to bring out the best of what Scott Brooks can really bring to the table. So David Millen, absolutely, uh, I would love him. You, I would love him in D.C. with John Wall, Bradley Bill, you know, uh, H. Smith and, and these guys, um, Rui. I would love him over here in D.C. with us because um, we're, we're on our way to something special now when John Wall and Bradley Bill coming back in. You know, Dave McMillan is one of those guys, like you said, in Minnesota, he will work out well because of what D'Angelo Russell, I, I think he's found a home in Minnesota, what they can build out there uh, with those guys, D-Lo and Cat. And so it's, it's it's plenty of places where Dave McMillan can go. He's a great basketball coach, and he's so good of a coach that I, I doubt he's, he's going to be on the market much sooner. I'm sure he'll have a landing spot uh, come next season. Yep, no doubt, definitely there uh, for sure. And that top pick, Mike, might be a valuable asset um, that Dave okay. McMillan may look at is well uh, there. In other news, Mike, you know, from silver and black to maybe black and white, the new, new uh, oh my gosh, the Brooklyn Nets, of course, want Greg Popovich as their head coach. Now, when you think about some of the greatest teams, you think about Phil Jackson. He had Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. He had Kobe Bryant, Paul Gasol, Lamar Odom, the list goes on. But as great as Durant, and Kyrie is in the great as you know the coaches that they've had before. Can you imagine Greg Popovich with two superstars like that? So the Nets are actually looking into perhaps signing Greg Popovich, who right now we know that the Spurs aren't really what they are right now with but that happens with lack of talent. Um, but if you can put if they can pull this off, Mike, can we see the Brooklyn Nets actually signing Greg Popovich? Because uh, this might be a, a great sign and a great deal. 
It absolutely, absolutely might have you. Can you imagine Greg Popovich not coaching the first? <laughs> oh, Mike, Mike, Mike. Can, can you imagine seeing a, a basketball a basketball season where Greg Popovich is not coaching the Spurs? It's just, it's just, it's crazy. It's yeah, like, it, it, it would look, it would look, it it's, would look. It's odd. something. It's something we've seen our whole lives. But to 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 come to Brook, if if Greg Popovich comes to the Brooklyn Nets with a healthy Kevin Durant and a healthy Kyrie Irving, a healthy Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, Joe Harris. The list goes on and on. This we we've seen what Pop can do with less, with no superstars, with no um, uh, big time egos on the team, and just ball movement and things of that nature. He brings that energy and that um, that personnel and that system over to Brooklyn with what these guys have to the table. Uh, it's gonna be special. I, I'm not guaranteeing a championship. I'm not guaranteeing anything. But I will say this: Brooklyn will be a show for for the next few years. And 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 Greg Popovich. It, it, he definitely heightens their chances of possibly winning a championship within the next three, four years. Oh, no doubt. No doubt, Mike. They would be formidable. No okay. doubt. Reports are that Kyrie Irving and KD is after this. Uh, they've had discussions oh, yeah. with Sean Marks. They they say that they want to play uh, for Greg Popovich. We've heard Mark Jackson's name. I think that would be a viable option, too. Absolutely. Uh, the Absolutely. leader that he is. We're not even talking on the court. But uh, even, um, you know, Ty Lu as well. We see what he can do with superstars as well. And with the familiarity with Kyrie Irving, that would be good, too. But so, none yeah. of them, none of them compare to what Greg Popovich's resume is. Absolutely, Sebi. And, and another point I want to say is this. When you're dealing with superstars, sometimes you have to have a coach with a, that a superstar's respect. Mm-hmm. You know, you say superstars, these guys, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they respect Greg Popovich. Superstars across the league, they respect Greg Popovich. They respect what he brings to the table, his, his mentality, his, uh, everything that he's done for the game of basketball. And they know he's a savant when it comes to this. And having that respect level early is, 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 what, is what could possibly propel him to come to Brooklyn and what could make them successful. And another thing, Mike, we're worrying about the locker rooms. KD, uh, is he the alpha? Kyrie, is he the alpha? On the court, who's going to take the last shot? You won't have to worry about that because oh. the sheriff that is Greg Popovich, he's, he'll have things under uh, – uh, <laughs> he'll have things under, uh, under, under contract, no doubt. Yeah, and they're both closers, so it could be, it could be anyone on any given night. It really doesn't matter because they, they both know how to close, close a game. Yep, no doubt. Yeah. Greg Popovich would be the guy – that would be the head man in that locker room for the Brooklyn Nets moving on forward. We'll see if they can pull uh, that, I mean, monumental deal off uh, there for sure. In other news, Mike, what is going on in the DMV area? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot, man. You, like you said, the NHL, uh, they, they definitely canceled some games and things of that nature. My Capitals got eliminated by the New York Islanders last week. Mm. Uh, it was tough. It was tough. You know, I didn't like to see that. You know, but at the same time, these the New York, the New York Islanders are a special team, and I, I expect them to go far in the playoffs. Assuming that that they resume um, some uh, coming coming up within the next few days, um, you know, we found out that w- what happened with Strasburg. You know, he had a uh, uh, another hit, man. We took another hit, Sebi. You know, he got a season-ending surgery. He had to have season-ending surgery, and uh, he's done for the rest of the season. And um, that that definitely dampened dampers some of our uh, our title chances uh, defending our championship. You know, you saw what happened with the Washington Mystics in the WNBA. They came out in solidarity with the uh, the Black Lives Matter t-shirts and things of that nature and uh, took a knee and just, just uh, postponed their game. They were supposed to have a game with the Atlanta Dream, and it, it didn't happen. So we, we see a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of things going on with the sports and things of that nature in, uh, inside the DMV, and those are those are the key things going on right now. Yeah, key things that are going on right now. Lastly, before we leave here, Mike, uh, just a quick two two seconds or a quick minute here. 
can we see Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons in a Philadelphia uniform? Or you know, we know that obviously that the head coach is gone and Brett Brown, but is this time to break them up? I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't believe this is the time to break them up because they are two formidable players and they can coexist with each other. Elton Brand already said it; he doesn't plan on breaking them up. He wants to build the pieces around him. Sebi, I don't know if uh, the Philadelphia 76ers know this, but this is a three-point shooting uh, NBA a time we're living in right now. You need three-point shooters on your team. Knock down three-point shooters, right? Man. And that's what they, they were one of the worst teams this year in shooting the shooting from the perimeter, and they need to address that. Get some shooters around Ben Simmons. Get some shooters around Joel Embiid so when they double Embiid in the paint, he has somebody to kick it out to that he can rely on. Get some shooters for Ben Simmons when he drives to the paint and forces and collapses the defense and draws the double teams. He can uh, uh, can, can get knock, get it out to those shooters. Get, get some shooters around these guys and let them create and dominate. And who knows, once they start knocking down the shots, you're creating one-on-one opportunities for them to make their magic and for them to dominate as well. This team can be a well-oiled machine together with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid if you put the proper shooters and the proper players around each other. They already have the defensive mentality. They already have those dogs on the defensive side of the ball that can lock up against any team on any given night. Now they need the offensive side to, 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 to match what they bring, and they'll be a well-oiled machine in the future. No doubt there for sure. No doubt. We'll see what happens in the city of brotherly love. Two years ago, they had Marco Bellinelli, right? Yep. Yep. And a year ago, you JJ had Reddick. not only JJ Reddick, but also a closer in Jimmy Butler. There you That's go. probably what Elton Brand is lacking. But we'll see what happens in the city of brotherly love in Philadelphia. That wraps it up for tonight. Myself and Michael Gray live inside the studios of WNSC. Hey, everyone, we're excited just as much as you guys tonight if you enjoyed this show and frankly, even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our iTunes and Spotify. And remember, you can stay locked in here and connected. Sebupodcast.info link for the latest news, articles, interviews, and much more. And remember, wherever you're listening on air or online, Sebby Podcast is wherever you go.